Great Lord, uh, thank you. What a beautiful morning it is. Uh, but uh, even more beautiful that we get to be here in your house with your folks, your word, and uh, in you. And uh, but Lord, we're, we're so blessed that uh, your God is with us all the time. And uh, so, Lord, uh, by your spirit is with us right now, Lord. Help us uh, to understand these, particularly uh, the spiritual gifts, better, Lord. I know there's always a mystery to some things, and uh, even some things here. But, uh, but Lord, there's some things that are very clear that you want us to understand, or you would not have put them in your Word. But we need you to help us understand, discern, uh, and and remember your Word, Lord. So help us now. Yeah, that's why we're praying. We're asking for you. Uh, so join us here. Uh, you're, we know you're here, but uh, join our hearts and minds. Let our hearts and minds really, I guess, more appropriately join you and, uh, and change us as you do. We'll give you the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, just a little review. We've got a little review sheet there. Uh, this one right here. And, and uh, why don't we uh, went through uh, the first part of the book the other day. Um, but in, in essence, this is kind of a review. Um, one of the last things we did was talk about the acronym SHAPE, and uh, um, I, uh, I, uh, I guess Tom, Tom and Bev, you're, you're the returnees here, so you've got to answer all the questions here. And uh, if you don't remember, well, we're in bad shape, but, but uh, yeah. anyway, you've got S is for? Special gifts. Yeah, no main focus will be there today. But uh, H is for heart, heart, heart and passions, heart and passions. And A is for ability. You got her. I'll write these down here real quick. Yeah, those are a little bit different, uh, as we'll find out even today and more uh, uh, the next time we're here. But abilities. P is? Personalities. personalities. We got some different personalities, yes. And E is? Experiences. Experiences. Yeah. So our main focus today is going to be right here. And uh, hopefully one of the things that... Uh, Away uh, can kind of be summarized a little bit with Psalm 139 there, but uh, um, just the verse 14 says, "I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works; my soul knows it very well." And then the rest of that, uh, um, 14 through 16. But uh, if you're a fill-in-the-blank person, you want to fill those in. Uh, you could put this: uh, "You were shaped for a purpose." Uh, God's got a purpose for us in this church beyond this church um, you are unique yeah yeah. We, we spent a lot of time talking about that um, and it's, it's just uh, it's a blessing you are wonderfully created as Psalm 139 says So, this whole 
thing is a spiritual act of worship the Creator. And uh, I, uh, before we get going, I would just uh, here's another great book if you uh, and probably in our resource library as well that I uh, actually got this. I think I got this for all my kids for. Easter or Christmas one time, I just thought it was so good. And Brad Bigney's a pastor um, and a biblical counselor that we hear when we go to biblical counseling over in uh, Lafayette training, at the counseling over the training over there. But I like what he says here, I am the vine, you are the branches, John 15, 5. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Maybe you've been trying to live the Christian life without him. Wondering why you feel so spiritually exhausted and uptight all the time? Check yourself. See whether you've got a checklist clenched in your spiritual fist as you white-knuckle the steering wheel of the Christian life. If that's you, then you're in for a crash because biblical principles, I love this, biblical principles, divorced from the Savior who designed them, can never produce the results you're looking for. And I think that's just a good reminder as, uh, as we work hardly as unto the Lord if we're divorced from the Savior. It's, we can work like crazy. We can white-knuckle it. But the gospel, even as we talked about Romans 12, 1 and 2, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice. So I got to first view that cross, the mercy, what that's all about. And if I... Uh, if, if I'm, and I use the analogy in the past, uh, uh, coming after teaching all day, coaching two or three hours, and uh, coming out here to Juana's beat, tired, I don't really want to talk to another person, and, uh, and I could come out white knuckle, we can do that, but it's not, there's no joy in that, and, and it's really, uh, it, it's, it, it, quite frankly, it, divorce from the Savior, you might even call it sin. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to work for his approval rather than take what he did for me and make this a spiritual act of worship. No. I don't know. I, I, I don't, wouldn't call it sin. There's times we've got to do hard things. And, uh, but I, um, I think we can't white-knuckle all day, all night, next week, next week, next week. Or um, he doesn't want that. He wants us to um, our work be a spiritual act of worship. Well, could you speak up a little bit? I yeah, yeah. Nate, and you start off, and then you go down. We've been hearing that. Look, look what I've got, Layla. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, relate. I'll go to my coach's I voice. I myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go to my coach's voice, Layla. Thanks for saying something. I need reminded of that. But um, so let's uh. Let's go to the book again, and uh, page 15, let's fill in a few blanks real quick here, and then we'll get into uh, this assessment uh, that's before us, uh, and uh, it defines spiritual gift on page 15 as a unique capacity given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at his or her conversion to effectively serve others and mature the church family. So, 
we look down there, and we've already read 1 Peter 4 uh, under purpose number 1 before, but it says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Spiritual gifts are to be used to, if you want to fill in, and to serve others in. And to serve them spiritually. We'll talk more about abilities and so forth. I think spiritual gifts are to edify folks spiritually. And then Ephesians 4, the purpose number 2. Um, we read last week, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers for building up the body of Christ till we attain to the unity of faith, to mature manhood, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind. So you could probably put the two words in here or something similar. Spiritual gifts are to produce maturity, instability in the church family. Maturity and stability. Maturity and stability. And then on page 16, I'm not going to read the scriptures because I want to spend more time talking about these gifts. And uh, But if you want to fill in these blanks, six truths. First of all, only, probably have gathered this, only believers have spiritual gifts. Non-believers would have some abilities, but not spiritual gifts. We'll talk about that difference here next time or next week. Second one, no believer receives all the gifts, yeah. And similar to that, no single gift is given to everyone. That's part of that uniqueness. And uh, if we all had the same gifts, that would not make us unique in any way, shape, or form. Maybe how we used them, but, uh, but then fourth, uh, you can't earn a spiritual gift. It wouldn't be a gift then. I like the gift of salvation, and uh, it can't be earned. But I am to develop the gifts God gives me. And then the sixth one we talked about a little bit last week. We got First Corinthians, First Corinthians thirteen referenced here. Spiritual gifts are useless without love. Love. So, the next page real quick, don't confuse spiritual gifts with natural abilities. That's the A. We'll talk more about that as well next week again. Number two, we haven't talked much about this, but uh, just a caution, beware of, write the word down, gift projection. Gift projection tendency. It says, expecting others to serve the same way you do with similar results. That would go against the whole unique deal. And uh, we even talk in counseling with husbands and wives, and husbands expecting their wives to, what, why, not, why aren't you say, thinking like I am, acting, well, I'm not you. And uh, I know we may have been living for, together for 30 years, but I'm still, I'm unique. And, and, and me worshiping God for uniqueness of our wives and, and vice versa and uh, but that's with all folks here and then 
Number three, recognized believers have both a primary and a secondary ministry in the church. I'm going to let Teresa talk to this here in a second. Your primary ministry commitment should be in the area where you are most gifted. Don't get too wrapped up in this. And uh, Your secondary ministry involves serving in any other area of the body where you are needed. Teresa, you want to speak to that just a second? Um, another way to look at it would just be major and minor. Um, your, you know, this one says the primary area where you've got a gift, but the secondary area might be like helping at a funeral dinner, doing dishes or setting up chairs or just something that's needed at the church that's maybe not necessarily your, like if your spiritual gift is teaching, you know, it's going to be teaching with that, but it's something that the Lord needs us to do and needs to get done. And, I don't like to do dishes, but I've done a lot of dishes at Newcastle. I love doing them with folks that I'm doing them with down yeah, that's there. True. And uh, who I, I've done more dishes with Bob Howder, and Bob's old enough, and Bob actually discipled, uh, Bob and Donna actually discipled Teresa and I. And, uh, and the other guy I've done a lot of dishes with is... Uh, Bob Scott? Bob Scott, yeah. And, uh, but... Just, uh, I, I'm glad there's someone there, there to do them with me. <laughs> but they need done. And, uh, and you did that a lot, I think, after Christmas Day No, I can't think what it was, but it was some evening event. But uh, Bob was always in charge of our greeters, uh, at least in his retirement years. And then um, in his last years here, he's not able to come to church physically anymore. But in his last year's here, he and Donna, for years, um, every funeral were in charge of the dishes. And he would just stand there at the sink, you know, for an hour and, um, you know, just serve. And that was something he could still do. And yeah. Very neat. Well, let's uh, maybe turn to page 18, just a little bit uh, up top there on page 18, you see the four primary verses where it speaks of spiritual gifts. And then below there you see number one and number two, spiritual gifts overview. That's what we're going to do today. We're just going to go an overview of the, the 15 spiritual gifts over here on page 19. There may be others. I think Pastor Kevin says probably some others. Uh, but, but we get the sample here to look at to kind of help lead us, and uh, we're going to do a spiritual gift overview, and it says this is in, in number down on the bottom of page 18, this is for your self-evaluation, no one's rating you on this, there's no wrong or right answers, uh, we're interested in your feelings, not another's feelings, uh, so at point two, uh, probably your initial impression is pretty accurate, and don't, don't overthink this, don't think too much about it. There's some folks that have that personality. It's a great personality that really thinks things through, but don't don't do that. We're not going to have time to do that to start with. But uh, and this doesn't put you, hey, I'm here forever. I'm thinking differently next Sunday about it. That's fine. This just uh, kind of help us to get through there. So um, so anyway, um, let's go over to page 20 and we'll get started. Now you've got a sheet that looks like this. And I'm going to refer to that, I, quite frankly, with the time we have, don't, don't refer to that. These are some of the verses that are referenced here. 
and you can fill in the blanks on your own. And uh, if we had more time, we'd get into some of these samples and examples and where they are in the Bible. But we've got 15 of them we want to work through. And one of the primary things we want to do is give you guys some samples and examples of, uh, you know, what this might look like, you know, here and with folks, some folks that are here. And I'm going to let Teresa share that after I speak about each gift for just a minute or two. But uh, these are not in any alphabetical order, although administration starts with an A. Uh, these are no order, no right or wrong. If you look under about three-fourths away down here, you see there's three boxes. It says, I'm pretty sure I have this gift. I may have this gift. I don't think I have this gift. Just mark the initial impression that you have, okay? And, uh, but let us read through here a little bit, talk about that gift. And, uh, and, and again, not going to spend much time on each one, and you're not going to have much time to mark a box. But, you know, if you want to say, hey, I'm going to come back to it later, maybe that's, that's fine. But, uh, but in I, a minute, go ahead. I, I know you touched on this last week, but I wonder if you should mention again about how this is a man-made yeah, assessment. Yeah, again, yeah, it's a, it's a man-made assessment. Men are sinners. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not perfect, I guess. And uh, God knows your gifts. And I, again, um, typically a lot of we talked about this last week, probably the best way to find out how this all shape stuff works is, is to go out and serve. Get an understanding of who you are. Maybe we can help at that. Maybe this, these assessments can help at that. But, you know, uh, they may miss... I don't want to like to use the word diagnose. I, that's not the appropriate. These are just a, some starting points to, to help. Does that make sense? And uh, the best things to do is go serve, and you're going to find out, number one, how well you do it is, is an indication of how much joy, how effective and how much joy you have in doing it. Those are affirmations of God that, man, you're, this is a good fit. And God wants us in good fits for his joy and our glory, his glory and our good. And, and those things that uh, um, we'll see and talk about as we go through here. But uh, anything to add to that? So I, I think identify was probably the word you were looking for. Yeah, yeah. Help us identify. Mm -hmm. But it, administration. And you, if you want to mark up, I've got just some words, keywords, and I'm not going to read through all this. And I like that word organize and manage. Um, details in that second line, carrying out the plans. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.40 speaks to all things done decently and in order. Um, you see the root word there. But people with this gift, they strive for efficiency is a good word. Well organized, enjoy coordinating, delegate well. Uh, the example of Nehemiah, and what a story of Nehemiah. Read that sometime. It, you know, he rebuilt that wall in 40 days. He didn't do it by himself. <laughs> yeah, but it's a fascinating I remember Pastor Denny years ago, Scott, you need to read Nehemiah. Read it carefully. And, and, uh, um, and he gave me a supplementary book that kind of went along, and it was fascinating. And, uh, but, uh, Teresa, I'll let you talk about where this gift can be used. And okay. We just, I think we mentioned this last week, we just updated this book, or Connie Johnson did. And so these are all current areas, but um, our church office, the library, Awana, deacons, um, Coordinating, really coordinating anything, uh, mission trips, volunteer efforts, and then leading ministry teams as well. 
Um, I always like to give, Scott gives the biblical example, I like to give a Newcastle example, and I know, uh, Bev and Tom, you're somewhat newer. Have you been here, has it been a year? I thought so, yeah. So some of these names might not necessarily be names you know, but Connie Johnson, who I just referred to, is our communications director. Um, she just is total administrative-minded, gifted, I should say. Um, Lori Fawn, our secretary receptionist um, as well. But, and even Denny Schlappi, um, there was a period of a number of years where he was uh, always an associate pastor, but his new title was um, executive pastor. And again, just those administrative gifts is what he probably thrived on. And yeah. Yeah, quite frankly, I think that all about the time the family center and that whole part was built, that he really um, he took care of a lot of the details as well as here. And uh, but uh, so mark a box down after that. Don't take too much time. And we'll go to discernment. And with discernment. I like to underline distinguish truth from error is a good way to describe it. John, 1 John 4, 1 to 6 uh, speaks about by this we know the spirit of truth and error. And, uh, um, you know, if someone would come up to you at the church and say, uh, if I follow God, I'll, are you saying I'll have a rich and perfect life? Well, you, you would have this, that's probably not exactly what God wants for you necessarily could be, but uh, uh, most of us have some richness and some un some unrichness and some imperfectness in our lives, but uh, uh, over on page topic, page 21, identify deception, you folks are being deceived by, and there's a lot of confusing junk out there, it really is, discernment is maybe needed more these days than ever before. You can see some of this. The, the last check marks quickly sense flawed interpretations of the Bible, and uh, and they give the biblical example of Peter. And uh, if you go to Acts five, you'll see that story about Ananias and Sapphira. I won't go into that, but it's uh, it's an interesting story, really an interesting story. And Peter had great discernment as he dealt with them. But go ahead, Teresa, let you go. Um, you mentioned biblical counseling is huge for this gift. Um, Bible studies, life groups where you're shepherding people, um, witnessing to individuals, especially those that are drawn into cults, correcting false doctrines, um, and again, general church leadership. Um, I would use um, Ben Holman, our director of biblical counseling, just has great um, discernment gifts. Um, Mike Hansen, do you guys, did you know him over at Bethany? Yeah, of course, yes. he was here, and now I think yeah. he's back at Bethany, but our former biblical counseling director. Um, Jody Souter, too, I, I, she's been very helpful for me in that gifting when we um, are ministering to people. Yeah, so go ahead and mark a box there. And number three, I hope I've given you enough time. I'm not going to want to push you, but oh, yeah. I want you to think, but you can come back here too. Encouragement and exhortation, Acts 14.22. Uh, it's interesting, uh, uh, the background of that, Paul had just gotten stoned. 
and uh, he comes back and, and the words there um, uh, speaks to uh, many tribulations uh, in Acts 14.22 and he, the unique capacity to strengthen and comfort and urge to action those who are discouraged. Paul probably should have been discouraged after getting stoned. He was encouraging others. And uh, it's, uh, we know some folks that have that, those spiritual gifts, and that Paul's a great example. The other example down there is Barnabas. Talk more about that in a second. But people are sensitive to those that are hurting. I like that third one. They point people to hope. Really, that translation of encouragement is, is, uh, uh, is, as you see there, to come alongside. I like that. Someone that's struggling, I want to come alongside them and help them. They, uh, and, and just very good at that. The biblical example of Barnabas, uh, maybe you know this story. You can, you can, you can read more of it in Acts 11. Uh, but Barnabas' real original name was Joseph. And the disciples changed his name to Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Yeah. That's interesting how they, even all the biblical names and, and so forth. But uh, let you go, Therese. Um, greeter, usher, you mentioned encouraging people. Um, their time of need, that'd be us visiting people in the hospital, nursing homes, shut-ins, life group, um, even just not just leading but participating, how you can be an encourager to your fellow um, life group members, uh, men's ministry, women's ministry, um, the welcome desk, intersection cafe, all these areas where you come into contact with our church family and can encourage them and um, the examples I would use here is Pastor Summers, who filled in here a couple weeks ago for Kevin, a former pastor here that just is an, such an encourager. Diane Crawl, who's been in some of our videos. Um, Jane Hoffmeyer, Pam Yoder, all great encouragers. Well, then mark a box. Number four is evangelism and uh, the unique capacity to effectively communicate the gospel. And uh, I, I might have mentioned uh, Gaetano here. I, I feel like he's got some of those gifts. But uh, uh, if you go down to people with this gift, they gravitate towards unbelievers. They enjoy sharing their faith. And uh, those are just some key some key points if you're underlining some things. The example actually in Acts 8 we have is of Philip and the Ethiopian. And if you remember that story, the Ethiopian's looking for answers and he asks questions and Philip brings the answers. And uh, um, I've got a little bit of that Acts 8 here. It's interesting to me, just in researching this a little bit, in Acts 21 Philip is mentioned as uh, his home as being the home of the evangelist. That, that's interesting. You're, you're known as a son of encouragement. You're known as uh, the the evangelist. And uh, but that that's fascinating to me. But uh, I'll let you speak from there, Teresa. And 
as witnessing to unbelievers is the first example of hearing not all of our uh, ministry is within these church walls, but uh, a lot of these are outside of our church walls. Awana is probably, I think, one of the biggest areas for evangelism. And I know a lot of people are like, when we mention, you know, Awana's on Wednesday night, it's at the end of the day, it's um, a lot of kids. But um, we were Sparks directors for 10 years, and the amount of non-Newcastle kids and families that come are, is just unbelievable. And I don't know if this is still the case, but when we were directors, there would be uh, parents that would stay with their kids sometimes. And so not only are you um, uh, able to uh, reach and teach uh, those kids, but also their parents. And that's just a, a neat ministry. Of course, it mentions mission trips, um, uh, our nursing home ministry, um, Peoria Rescue Mission, we take, uh, we do services there, our benevolence ministry, um, and community outreach ministries, which since Patrick Kevin has come, that has very much increased here at Newcastle's where, where we're out in the uh, community helping with different things. I think the most recent would have been Macafest at the, um, back in Mac or back in the summer in Mackinac. Oh, and examples, Kyle Crawl, um, one of our elders, um, that's where his heart, passions lie, and giftings. Um, Mark Hutchison, I don't know if you know him. Brother B, we always talk about Brother B. Every word that comes out of Brother B's mouth is evangelistic and just sounds like he's talking about his, you know, um, household or something. It's just so natural. And Have you guys met Ralph and Lila Bauer? They had... Um, missionaries of ours for a long, long time and then retired and he came on staff here as part-time for, I don't know, 10 years or so. Yeah. But he's still out at nursing homes ministering. He, uh, but uh, just had a book published. And uh, I'm gonna get that book in about a half hour. And uh, so I'm interested in just what, uh, I, I know there's gonna be some fascinating stories in there. And uh, what a humble God. I would also mention the after-school program here. Oh, Most of the folks that are helping with yeah. the reason they help is it's not money and uh, it's not a job or part-time day. Is they want to evangelize kids that are coming from Deer Creek, Mackinac, their parents, and so forth, to pick them up, and so forth. And by the way, I also mention this: that these gifts. If you don't think you have the gift of evangelism, that means you're. That does not mean you shouldn't evangelize. We should all evangelize and. Uh, but these are just more of a, a, a God-given, uh, obviously, gift uh, uh, by the Spirit. But uh, So anyway, you got a box there, and uh, let you mark one. Faith is an interesting um, gift to me. Unique capacity to trust God. Regardless of the circumstances, it says in the second line there, if you're underlining things. And uh, to trust is to have faith. Um, people with this gift don't let threatening circumstances discourage them. They're optimistic. It does say they're risk takers, but not foolish risk takers. Confidently trust the Lord. We're all supposed to have faith. But these, these people, it just really comes easily for them confidently trusting the Lord and the biblical example is the heroes of the faith are commonly called the hall of faith Hebrews 11 
a big part of that hall, and there's a lot of folks in there and a lot of anonymous folks in there. And read that sometime, Ed, you, you'd be blessed. And, uh, but probably talked more about in the Hall of Faith is the same guy that's referred to in Romans 4, right after the faith there. And that would be a guy in the Old Testament by the name of Abraham. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, let you speak, Therese. Uh, we've got here initiating prayer, prayer group, um, evangelism, outreach ministries. And then this is a big one, ministering to believers in the midst of trials. And um, the example I would use here is Sandy Miller. She passed away um, a few months ago. Um, she taught Sunday school here at Newcastle. I think you were in her class, Lila, for many, many years. And as a, a new Christian, I was saved in college, but um, had stayed in the Catholic faith for a number of years after that. And we started going here um, after we moved here, I guess. And so she was my Sunday school teacher, and she was the first person that I heard talk about um, uh, the trials that she was going through, how she would she does not regret having them, how much she grew and learned through them, and would not take those trials back. And I remember just as a newer, uh, very immature Christian at the time thinking, wow, that's just huge. And of course now, you know, I know that that's when the Lord grows us. But um, the other one I put down was Glenn Frank. He's um, often at our um, doors as a, a usher greeter. And uh, again, both of these people have gone through um, some big trials in their lives that have grown them and as they had faith in the Lord. Um, leadership everywhere ministry occurs. Love that. Yeah. So I'll let you mark a box there on the next page. And then we have giving. I like to work generously and cheerfully there. We're all supposed to give, but these people just have a, a, the gifting that it just brings them great joy. They've got insight into how, and um, but uh, um, people with this gift, they don't ask how much money do I need to give God. I, I remember Pastor Summers teaching this class one time. He said. Uh, he said, folks, I, I really think, I, I know I've gotten those people that have this gift of giving, and they're not real wealthy folks. In fact, I think probably more people are, are on the other side of that that have these gifts, but there's some that are, I know some, some pretty wealthy folks that are just very, very generous, and you guys do too, I'm sure. But, uh, but I, I like that second, they're sensitive to the material needs of others. So, speaking to the biblical example of the Macedonian churches in 2 Corinthians 8, what's going on there is the Jerusalem church is suffering and uh, at this time and getting hammered bad, persecuted, property taken away, money taken away, they're poor, they're destitute, and as you know, Paul takes a collection for the Jerusalem church. And, uh, think on his second missionary journey and the Corinthians were just very very generous people and uh, and it speaks to that it speaks to the generosity uh, of them but uh, Teresa I'll let you speak to that then um, 
the Go Care team is the global and would be similar to the global outreach support. That's just uh, missionaries. Are uh, we use those terms now instead of uh, not be so specific to missionaries, but missionary support. Um, each of our missionaries that we support has a care team that surrounds them, not just financially, but which would be an example here, but um, to encourage them and be a, just a, a shepherd of them. Um, when we've had fundraising campaigns in the past, um, helping those with special needs, and then the benevolence team. And the example I would use here is um, Augie Schrader's husband passed away some years ago, um, just very generous and as um, uh, a young family. Uh, this would have been a material need that he met, but he gave Scott and our two boys um, uh, one game of his um, Bears season tickets. And that, you know, Scott was a teacher, I was a stay-at-home mom, that's something we would never have been able to afford, and, and just what a neat experience that was. And then at his funeral, come to find out, um, which I don't think was a surprise to me, but there were so many testimonies about his generosity and um, uh, his giving. Um, it was just neat. Yeah, we've got a guy in church, I remember a couple years ago, just showed up at a door on a Sunday afternoon with, uh, with a trailer of sweet corn from his garden. Had a big trailer. I'm, I'm just going around and I know some, some folks live just, you know, and that's not great, but man, what a what am I doing on a Sunday? You know, okay. He's just a very generous guy. I've, I've got known him a long time, and I won't name his name. And most of the time, people don't know he's generous because they don't know. You know, that time I did. And uh, but anyway, I'll let you mark a box there, and uh, then we'll turn to helps. And some of these I think kind of blend in together. You'll see that. But uh, we've got service here coming here. So, but the unique capacity unselfishly meet the needs others. Down with uh, people with this gift, uh, see practical ways to lend a hand. And they derive satisfaction from that. I like that last checkpoint where it says behind the scenes. I might even say these people get great joy in helping others without, hey, now what are you going to do for me? You know, it's not scratch my back so you can scratch mine. It's, um, and uh, we were talking about that with some coaches, coaches study here the other day, and, uh, and we were talking about that new player comes through your door, and boy, you're, he looks like a player. And uh, your first thought is, boy, he could really help us. As opposed to, how can I help him? How can I help him? It's not about me. It's about me helping others. And, uh, but anyway, you get the idea. And uh, here they talk about uh, John Mark, and specifically in Acts 12, really 12 and 13, where he was a great help to Paul and Barnabas in their first missionary journey. And, uh, but I'll let you, let you speak to that a little bit, Therese. And these are just great examples when we talk about the secondary or minor areas of service, uh, where there's need, helping in the church kitchen, set up, tear down tables and chairs, running errands, like to say, Costco was a big one around here, building uh, maintenance, event preparation, lawn care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of times these um, areas are one-time uh, needs as well. 
And we already talked about Bob and Donna were a great example of that with their um, helping of the kitchen with the rolls. Let you mark a box. And we'll go to hospitality. And uh, as I mentioned in 1 Peter 4, uh, I think a big key you might underline is especially strangers. And uh, biblically, by definition, this uh, talks about to love strangers. Actually, 1 Peter 4, 9 and 10 talks about showing hospitality without grumbling. And uh, so anyway, uh, on the next page, you'll see uh, page 26, sensitivity to the needs of newcomers. Pursue ways to connect individuals that may not be connected. Um, Maybe feeling lonely. Um, uh, but, but strangers is a big, and, and if you've listened to Pastor Kevin speak to hospitality, uh, he, he would, I think he really speaks to that well in the example of strangers. But uh, anyway, uh, biblical example uh, is Martha. Yeah, talking about Martha and Mary. I've got a note, you do too, Luke 10, 40. Note, this account is a good example of why we should exercise caution with their gifts. I have never really, you know, Brother B or Pastor Summers, but as you know, as you remember, Martha was more interested in using her gifts than to worship, and she had death. That's the only reason I, you're talking about caution, maybe we disconnected our worship from our gift. And... Uh, it says in there, Mary has chosen what is better, is what Jesus says. And uh, so, just being wise in that. Let's just speak to that, Therese. Um, yeah, greeter, usher, safety team, life group host, not the leader, but the host is a great area here. Uh, welcome desk, uh, taking meals to uh, people in need, events helper, funeral dinners, intersection cafe or a coffee ministry over at the other building on Sunday mornings, visitation, and then our seniors ministry. And the example I would use here um, would be Jody and Kevin. And did they invite you guys, the, your class over for lunch? Did I, I'd walked into that classroom the week before we were to start teaching, I guess last two weeks ago, and saw that on the board, and that did not surprise me. Uh, another example would be Lisa and Lisa Galbraith and Robin Weekend, who do our welcome our newcomers breakfast which you and I'm sure have met through those since you went twice and, yeah they definitely have that gift I'll let you mark a box and we're going to pick it up here a little bit folks mm -hmm. and uh, we don't get quite finished you can read through here and mark and, but I'm going to mention number nine is knowledge and if you go over a page we may not get to this on number 15 is wisdom and 1 Corinthians 12, 8 speaks to uh, both of those, and it talks about uh, uh, the utterance of wisdom and the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. And, uh, but I like here what it says, discover truth, collect, organize, analyze, those things. And uh, they diligently search the scriptures. They remember scripture. They love to get into God's word. And... Uh, Daniel, the example of, and particularly Daniel 1, where it says God gave knowledge and understanding to Daniel and his friends when they were being challenged on the eating thing. And, uh, but uh, 
but Daniel, Daniel knew the word. Daniel knew knew the scriptures, and uh, um, obviously uh, very diligent uh, with prayer and so forth. But uh, I'll let you speak to that, Ben. Yeah, Bible studies, life groups, adult discipleship electives, our elders, deacons, library, and I think the examples I would use here. Um, would be all of our women's uh, Bible study teachers. Uh, the amount of research they do and study is amazing. And, and of course, I should include our adult discipleship uh, teachers in there as well. Yeah, I think I, I, in talking with some, some of the leaders that teach at the women's Bible study, uh, the question was that, well, how, much, how long do you prepare? About 10 hours a week. And, uh, and I know, you know from our son who does some, some preaching and uh, Talking to preach, you know, you're talking 20 to 25 hours a week that Pastor Kevin or Scott, the new Pastor Scott, um, and, and you don't do that if 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 if, if studying scriptures hard for you. If you don't have that gift, you might do it for a while, but you know, uh, they find it fascinating and they they yeah they want to dig into it, but. Now, over a couple pages, you're going to hear the word wisdom as a gift, and uh, uh, and really it has to do with applying biblical truth practically. We're on page 32, and it gives the example of Solomon. And remember, Solomon asked for wisdom. And 1 Kings 3 talks about there was a baby that two mothers claimed they were both their baby, yeah, yeah, interesting and fascinating. So, anyway, uh, let's go to well, maybe you, on knowledge you've already filled in a in a box there, but leadership, casting vision, influence, motivate, direct, um, goal-minded visionaries. See the big picture, I like that big picture thing. Can recognize potential, equipping, and. Uh, on page 28, then it talks about Moses, Timothy, and Titus, and uh, all great examples of, of leadership. And we already talked about uh, uh, Nehemiah and his leadership and the administration of, as well. But I'll let you speak to that there, Therese. You see lots of leaders here, Life Group, um, Children's Church, Awana, Rooted, uh, our college ministry, Adult Discipleship Elective. Uh, but at the end, it says everywhere ministry occurs. And um, I think your home would be another one where you are a leader, of course. Um, the examples I put were um, Chad Lehman. Um, what is his title of our elders? I'm trying to blank there. Uh, um, Ch chairman of the Elder Board. And um, Sharon Carey with Children's Ministry. Just um, great leadership there and busy leadership. I'll let you mark there. Mercy, Romans 12, 8. Here again, we've got that capacity to sense hurt, to show empathy, to have compassion. We're all to have some mercy, but some folks are just uh, given that gift in a special way. And you see the words under the people with sensitive, kind-hearted, caring and loving, compassionate. The book of examples of Jesus and Barnabas talks about the compassion of Jesus. Why did Jesus cry? 
He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he had compassion for Martha and Mary that were hurting. But uh, would you speak to that, Teresa? Just throwing out a few here. Um, mill ministry, um, visiting people in the hospital and shut-ins, nursing home, biblical counseling. Uh, our benevolence team would be a huge one here. And my example would be Jerry Mooberry. You guys may not know Jerry and Valerie, but Jerry uh, recently retired as a deacon. Um, has got some health issues here, and uh, but uh, was on the benevolence team for years, and just um, always wanting to um, help people in need, and just has a great heart towards you know, the heart of mercy. And then we go to service, also uh, probably Romans 12, 8, could include verse 7 ahead of that. Uh, practical task, needs of others, uh, dependable down there, people that are dependable and selfish, available, joy helping others, a lot of little things, it's all good. Uh, the example of the deacons in Acts 6, where the widows were being neglected and they said select seven, and uh, actually uh, uh, the, the word, uh, the Greek word diakoneo, where we get deacon uh, means service. And uh, so uh, on the next page, let's just speak to that real quick, Trace. Uh, page 30. Yeah. Uh, building maintenance, set up again, tear down, lawn, care, landscaping, running errands. Our audiovisual ministry uh, would be a, a big one that is always um, needing with that gift like the participant everywhere ministry occurs again and the example I would use here is um, Jerry's wife Valerie that I just mentioned um, Valerie um, for years did our um, uh, replenishing of uh, supplies and we go to Sam's and, and Costco to pick up things and um, had health issues herself um, especially with her feet a lot of things she's got diabetes and but still would you know, shop on her feet and um, eventually it got to the point where she had to step away too, but served that way for a lot of years. Yeah, you got me thinking of the Mooberry children in Awana's Sparks. I, I call them raspberry, strawberry, the Mooberries. <laughs> a bunch of them that came through. And uh, shepherding, First uh, Peter 5, 2 and 3, feeding, caring, nurturing, protecting, and guiding to lead and feed. Uh, down there, they're highly relational, assume uh, responsibility for overseeing a group, enjoy investing in others, like that word, investing themselves in others. Barnabas and Timothy, Barnabas, Barnaby, Barnabas and Timothy. It's, uh, I'll let you speak to that bit. Um, you can read most of those there, just a lot of um, different areas where shepherding takes place. I love how much our pastors and elders shepherd um, their people. But the example I would use here would be Scott and Holly Ganusi. Um, the amount of time that they spend with their rooted um, youth group leaders, um, I think, is it weekly? At least every other week that they have their leaders in their home. And, and those are the leaders that yeah, then shepherd, shepherd the kids. Exactly. And, uh, and then teaching, uh, comprehend, explain, illustrate, and apply. And uh, Ephesians, again, talks about equipping and building. Strong desire to know God's word and share it. Analytical, articulate. Apollos, Paul planted, Apollos watered, right? And uh, and let's just speak to that for just a second. Yeah, you can read all those areas where 
teaching would be used. Um, a couple that we haven't seen yet, VBS teacher, um, yeah, adult ministry leader. Scott definitely would have this VFT. He loves to teach, which again, we'll be talking next week when we talk about heart. The Lord gives us our passions and desires, and um, uh, Kyle Crawl would be another one that in any of our teachers. And then wisdom we've already talked about, and uh, uh, enjoying down there says enjoy bringing uh, God's word in real life situations, applying it to life and what to do and how to do, and uh, again, Solomon, that example, and, and uh, pastors, elders, counselors, uh, just applying God's word into, and speaking into lives. And so it says on, on the, kind of the bottom of page 33, uh, Write the three or five spiritual gifts you feel you most likely have from this overview. And you can just list them there. And then you've got to get moving here. But uh, your homework, and this has got a self-explanatory, is this on page 35, kind of some directions on page 34, is a spiritual gift assessment. So we just went through an overview. Now you're going to do an assessment. And uh, number of pages, and uh, we're on page 41. It, you kind of uh, bring all your scores to a final page there. And, uh, and uh, even on page 43, kind of uh, writing down your top three to five. But uh, that is your homework, folks. Again, uh, no right or wrong answers. Uh, but I think uh, it can help you look forward to pointing us forward to where where you might best be serving at Newcastle. We've got to get moving here, folks. <laughs> Can I pray? Lord, thank you. Lord God, that you would give us gifts. And uh, much even much beyond the gift of salvation, you are such a special, special God. And, uh, and then you walk alongside us to use those gifts and and Lord, uh, you put us in community, the community of the church, uh, to encourage and help and serve and lead and, and all the gifts we've been talking about. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, so Lord, as we continue to live uh, these days, uh, help us in, in further understanding uh, what gifts you've given us, how best to use them, how best to help others, Lord. And, uh, but we acknowledge we first need your help, so help us to help others, Lord. Uh, we'll give you the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. I know